You're listening to the Bulldog Hour, getting you inside the Wilson football program with weekly game previews, recaps, highlights, and interviews. Now, here are your hosts, Joe Mays and Justin Raffoff. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome back to the Bulldog Hour. I'm Joe Mays. Sitting next to me is my co-host, Justin Raffoff. Yeah, it's uh, good to be back and plenty to talk about, but it's crazy. I saw you posted this the other night, or the other day. Um, We have reached the halfway point of the regular season. Yeah, we have. Yeah, it's amazing. Five weeks down, uh, you know, really, we're about to embark shortly on really month three of the season, you know, because almost the entire month of August was dedicated to high school football with, at least in the state of Pennsylvania, with, you know, the heat acclimatization. And then you got two weeks of practice, the second of which now culminates with the start of the regular season. And uh, yeah, it's been going since August 23rd, which is exactly a month tomorrow, uh, the first day of, of almost said summer, first day of fall officially, although we've talked about how meteorologically speaking... That doesn't count. That, that is the only thing that matters. <laughs> although, the way uh, it's been feeling around here, it certainly doesn't feel like yeah, fall. Yeah, it feels like we reset. <laughs> it, it was hotter today than it was for the games yeah. we had in August. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, I saw one of those memes going around where it was like, summer in Pennsylvania, or the seasons in Pennsylvania, yeah. and it was like, how does summer go? And... Um, we were in like fake fall a few was like a few weeks ago, and now we're in the second summer right before real fall gets here. I saw so. one, and this was appropriate last week. It was like you know we're at that time where you get all four seasons in one day, right? In Pennsylvania, where? wake up and it feels like winter, <laughs> right. you know, and you yeah. just progress throughout the yeah. throughout the day. So yeah, good stuff. Uh, love love the weather talk here on the Bulldog Hour, <laughs> yeah. but. We are we are deep, deep into summer as we literally have less than a day left of it, and we're ready to start fall, and by the time fall rolls around, Wilson's already won five games. Hey, I'll take that. Hey, that's the way every year should be. Yeah. So, uh, it's the most successful start to the season since uh, 2014, when the team also won 5-0 and in route to starting actually 14-0 and before falling um, to a very strong Pine Richland team in the... Uh, well, technically, the Western State Final, uh, as the uh, Bulldogs were still considered. You know, it's when District 3 was still going out west. But the team this year, yeah, we're off to a pretty solid start as well. And another victory Friday evening in Millersville against Penn Manor, who uh, is struggling. But, you know, you, can, you only get to play the games that the league puts in front of you, right, and yeah. you have no handle on that. So Wilson's... Section 1 opener was against the Comets, and we will uh, have a lot to say about that game, and we've got highlights and uh, one interview this week before we move on to talk about the the big one, the big showdown, which easily is a top five matchup across the state this week. I know people in this area uh, and, you know, central Pennsylvania or south central, whatever you want to call it, at large, this could be the game in the state this week. Yeah, depending on your focus, um, it could easily, easily be the top game in the state. Um, you know, going in, it, it just it's got a lot of, you know, it's got everything. You know, you get some crazy and some good matchups in in the non leagues. You know, in the non league slate, um, 
you know, Wilson had a number of those, and a lot of Wilson's opponents also had other like marquee matchups and things like this. But honestly, when you look across across the board, uh, Section One is really Section One of the LL is really holding their own so far. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, we were it, we actually talked about the old Section One a little bit on Friday night, um, and and it just it kind of gives you. A, kind of a moment to reflect back to again before all of the players on the team were even born um but back when there were um a lot when section one was very deep let's just put it that right. way you know and um you know you look at that right now and and that's absolutely the case including wilson and Mannheim township who face off this friday in in that marquee matchup that we were referring to yeah and it's the first game with the blue streaks at home since 2016 so it's been yeah. three years um, not quite three years. I believe that game was in October. But with the uh, reorganization of the schedules, with teams dropping and sections being changed prior to the 2017 season, uh, or no, sorry, following the 2017 season, which uh, Wilson played at Mannheim Township during the regular season and then had to go there during the playoffs, when things reorganized and reset prior to 2018, we ended up going back there again. I know a lot of right. people didn't understand that. And it's just like, that's just the way it works. Right. And on the flip and side happened. We also went to McCaskey back to back years, right? But we hosted Penn Manor. Right. In back to back years. It's just, it's just right. Way, For obvious reasons, like people don't really think of it as like, Oh, Penn Manor had to come to us back to back years. Right. You know, like they don't think of it that way. Um, that's just kind of how that was. And the third game was because of playoffs, you know? Right. So, yeah. And you have, yeah, right. So no, it was like playing at, um, in Nesville three times in, in what, 12 months or something like that was, yeah. was I mean, kind of crazy. Not great. Obviously, we don't like that. or We <laughs> like to play at home, and we don't like to go to a place that, um, you know, is a, is a hostile place to play. And uh, But Wilson has success anywhere they go. And, and as I work through season by season and I work on, work on the – stats to compile the on this day in Wilson history thing like eventually trends will pop up but I mean when you when you're a team like Wilson like Mannheim Central um you know like Cumberland Valley Central Dolphin more of over the last few decades like when you're a dominant team it really doesn't matter where you go right right home yeah. away or neutral right and and that's like we look at that for example that Mannheim Township team couple years ago was was pretty darn good and that's why they were the high seed and we had to right, go back to you right. know like they, they won the district championship and you know did their best against pittsburgh central catholic uh, went toe-to-toe with them for a little while uh, yeah as much you as they like, could as much yeah, as anyone can yeah. so so yeah but we're um you know we have stuff to uh to look at to talk about i don't know uh this wasn't really on the schedule but we might as well take a a brief look at it because why not um the power rankings are always updated, and uh, I think we'll uh, just take a quick look at them, where things stand. Again, this is only halfway through the year, so a ton of stuff will uh, occur, but maybe some people uh, don't recall who Wilson could play in the playoffs. So let's just take a look at the 18 teams that are 6A schools for the 18-19 cycle that we're finishing this fall. And Wilson sits on top, not by much, but just a hair over Mannheim Township. Obviously, that'll change after this week. Then you got Harrisburg sitting in there behind them, followed by Cedarcrest, who, yes, in this two-year cycle, is back in 6A and remains undefeated, 5-0. They get to travel to Lidditz this week to play Warwick, so all four 
Lancaster Lebanon League Section 1 teams that are undefeated are meeting each other this week, September 27th. And down in uh, the, with some 5A teams in Section 2, you have Mannheim Central and Cocalico yeah, so playing each other. Yeah, so a big night in the top two sections of the LL League. Oh, and also this weekend, Saturday, will be Central Dolphin at Harrisburg. So yeah. obviously a huge impact on these power rankings yeah, that we're so looking these, at here. You know, we have half the season left, and we'll it looks like this is this is six A right yeah, here. Yeah, it looks like Cedarcrest didn't enter their fifth game yet. Yeah, so, like, so they the numbers, actually the numbers shift around all. The yeah, time, and if but, you're looking like we talked about this beforehand, Harrisburg and Reading both played teams that aren't part of the power ratings because right. of being outside right. the PAAA. Right. Uh, for example, on the. Uh, more local scale, like Burke's Catholics game against, against Malvern, Prep. Malvern Prep in their game previously against McDonough. Neither of those count for um, power District rankings. seeding, essentially. Win or lose because they, yeah, Are you don't play. Non, yeah, and Harrisburg lost to Archbishop Hoban. That's not reflected right. here. And Reading defeated a school down in the D.C. area, and that's not reflected here. And it won't be. So don't expect, don't go in thinking this isn't updated like we did briefly. I uh, just got to realize that some of these uh, games that these teams are playing count in the standings, but when it comes to power rating time, they do not count. Right. So you can see uh, Redding, who just lost this past weekend uh, yesterday to Governor Mifflin, sitting there at seventh at the moment. Again, that's not completely updated, not reflective of their most recent game. But uh, Red Lion rounds out the group at eight. So you got two York teams in there, Central York at five and Red Lion at eight. And on the outside looking in, you got Chambersburg, Cumberland Valley, Central Dolphin East, Lebanon, and then uh, Hempfield, who Wilson will be playing in two weeks, will be previewing that game a week from now. Lebanon, who is in Section 3 of the LL. Yes, yes. Beat Lancaster Catholic this week. They did. So impressive victory for the Cedars. But that's a, a quick look at the power ratings as they stand halfway through the season. Obviously, this is going to change drastically over the next few weeks. All right, so let's get to the game, the victory over Penn Manor. You know, let's do the housekeeping real quick. Let's run through this because we do have some changes that we want to talk about. Uh, so if you do want to help us out on the show, there's multiple ways you can do that. And these individuals or businesses have done so, and we want to thank, thank them, and we appreciate their support. Uh, May's Sandwich Shop, Topher's 10th and Elm Cafe, our two anonymous donors, and our most recent sponsor, Back on the program, a, a great guy, writer, reporter for Eastern PA Football.com, and a huge LL Hoops guy. Yes. Also a Nebraska alum and diehard fan. Man, when on Saturday night, I was just watching that Nebraska score thinking, oh, Andy must be going nuts. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so Andy Herr back here with us on the Bulldog Hour, showing some us some love and support. And we we really appreciate it. we got to hang out with him after the Penn Manor game. He was there covering the Bulldogs Comets matchup, and we uh, we hung around and talked uh, high school football and a variety of other sports topics. Uh, the both of us, him and uh, Justin Burke, who's the guy that helps me on the sideline with the cameras, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So we appreciate Andy being back on board with us here at the Bulldog Hour. Uh, and if you're interested in supporting us, there's multiple ways you can do that. We, Besides sponsorship and advertising and the in-kind donations, um, check out the website. We always have a lot of information there. And then spreading the word. Yeah, like and share, right? We, we talk about that. Um, you know, if, if you like what you see, 
let other people know about it. And uh, an easy way to do that is to like and share. Our next live show will be a week from now, Sunday, September 29th. Should be at the same time. If that changes, we'll let everyone know. But like I said, we'll be recapping the game against Mannheim Township and previewing the Game 7 at Hempfield. And uh, you can see, I talk about it every week, <laughs> we're already in the middle of that middle column now and uh, eyeing the end of that second column a, a week from now. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's moving quickly. And uh, we've got some big events coming up in less than three weeks now. And that is the 75th season uh, celebration dates. Remember, Friday, October 11th is the Wilson Football Tradition Club event where we'll be recognizing and celebrating past title teams. We're focusing on the fall of 1969, 1979, from the past seven plus decades is being held at PJ's afterwards. And uh, there's going to be some uh, some famous names, especially on the coaching side from the past uh, 75 years of Wilson football. So if uh, you're interested in seeing some some uh, gentlemen that haven't been around, don't live in the area anymore, they are coming back. So uh, right. you'll have your chance to uh, to interact with them. So it'll be a lot of fun. So just a reminder, you can get your tickets for the alumni flag football game and the football post-game reception at PJ Wellahan's. Physical tickets are available at May's Sandwich Shop during business hours. Right now, the flag football tickets are $3 for uh, students and seniors and $4 for adults. Children uh, nine and under are free. And then the reception tickets are also on sale, physical physical versions of it at May's Sandwich Shop. And it's $12.50 if you're a former football personnel, your player, coach, manager, trainer, um, uh, athletic director. <laughs> yeah. And uh, then if they would like to bring a guest, those are $15 per ticket. If you'd like to buy that online, you can do show at bulldoghour.com slash tickets. All right. Well, let's move right in now to the Penn Manor game. And uh, get some stats here for you. And uh, we'll get to the highlights then shortly. <clears throat> so, Wilson started slowly. It wasn't, it wasn't yeah. a great opening uh, quarter or so. They actually, I mean, they got a turnover almost immediately. Right. An interception by Eli Rotenberg. But the offense failed to punch it into the end zone. They settled for a field goal. And then they had some trouble with uh, a Penn Manor drive that culminated a touchdown for them, and they did a tricky two-point conversion. Kind of reminds me of what we do at, at West. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, Penn Manor's up 8-3, to three, and you, I, no one was panicking, but it was just kind of like, all right, we need to get our act together. Right. We need to get the ball rolling here. And it took a, a little bit, but um, you know, Wilson answered right back then, struggled a little do it again, and then it just kind of steamrolled from there. And I think at one point they scored on five straight possessions, uh, went into halftime, I think, up 31-8. to eight. And, uh, you know, the final score was 51-24, to 24, and those late Penn Manor touchdowns were coming against the Wilson's, uh, you know, JV units. So right. it, was a, it ended up being a pretty dominant performance after the slow start. But uh, statistically, Wilson achieved 21 first downs to Penn Manor's 13 
at Bulldogs rush for an even 300 yards, which we talked about. Could we see four 100-yard rushers? That was like the ultimate dream, the ultimate goal of having your quarterback and three running backs. But this is before we realized that Jaden Jones was out with an injury right. that, that had happened during However, practice. We, we got some surprise runs in there too. But we, they, we did. Added up. Yeah. So. And uh, Penn Manor only rushed for 74 yards. And again, a lot of that came uh, in the late second half when the game was already in hand. Uh, Wilson passed for 208 yards to Penn Manor's 109. No interceptions for the Bulldogs. Penn Manor threw the one early that I admit just mentioned. So total offense, Wilson over 500 yards and Penn Manor under 200. And again, a lot of that came uh, when the game was pretty much over. Third down conversions, the Wilson defense did step up there and held Penn Manor to 1 of 10. Uh, but the Wilson offense struggled a bit, only converting two of their six. But once they got down in the red zone, they always put points on the boards. And that's true for both teams. Penn Manor did it twice. Wilson did it four times. Individually speaking, uh, two big players offensively. Well, well, three. Uh, Avanti, again, 11 carries, 90 yards, two touchdowns. He made it look easy a few times. Um, then it was a Leonard next, but it wasn't. Mason, who, who did get on the, on the scoreboard, he had a touchdown, a, a beauty that we're going to see in the highlights. Um, I believe it was a 44-yard run where uh, he put on the brakes and made a cut, yes. and it made a lot of people miss. Uh, thankfully, I did get some pictures of that. So, yeah, Mason carried three times for 47 yards and, and a, that long touchdown. Uh, but he was actually the fourth leading rusher. The quarterback, Caleb Brown, was in third uh, with 64 but number two was Gavin Leonard, <laughs> yeah. who uh, I, I think uh, they go. He goes by the nickname Goose, which yeah. they, everyone was cheering as he was getting the ball in the second half, which was great. Uh, and he, he's going to show up in our highlights as well. Uh, he only carried it four times, but he had 85 yards, including a big 46 yarder. Which I know a lot of people think he scored, but I actually think I caught on my camera him <laughs> stepping out of bounds right as he was diving for the pylon that's that's what they marked i couldn't see it from where i was it's tough to tell but it's like tough to tell they they from looking at the ref it didn't look like they marked it as though he landed out of bounds short it looked like they marked it as though like he stepped out before yeah i think that and i think it. that's what it what it was so um, he was he was close. I think but they marked him at the two, not at like yeah, the it one wasn't or inside right, the one or something. Right, like right. Uh, passing wise, uh, Wilson played a few quarterbacks. Only two co- attempted passes, and obviously the starter Caleb Brown was there for most of those attempts. He completed nine of his thirteen passes for 190 yards and three touchdowns, a long of 40. And those long passes that upped his uh, yardage total went to Brady Gibble. He had two catches for 68 yards both of them touchdowns that looked identical to one another uh late in the second quarter before halftime yeah another really efficient night for caleb which is like kind of the word that we've used a bunch for his play this year so you like to see that and and it was nice to see them connect on some of those long throws um you know that that's always a good sign Brady's were uh, 36 and 32 yarder. The longest pass was actually Brown to Lockhart out of the backfield. He took it, rumbled for 40 yards. Uh, Eli chipped in three for 39 and made a couple of nice catches himself. And then Troy got in the action early on, scoring a touchdown uh, right after Wilson went down eight to three. The team drove down and finished with a Troy Corson 
touchdown. Uh, defensively, uh, it was kind of spread out. There wasn't uh, one person that stood out this week. Uh, we got five people with uh, three, three and a half total tackles. A couple sacks coming from defensive end Ethan Capitano and Ethan Ashcroft. And, uh, you know, just all around, not too bad. It got burned a couple times on maybe a few screens that they weren't quite ready for. Uh, but the defense, in the end, um, they gave up the one early touchdown, right. settled down, and, and like I said, the the two that got Penn Matter to, to the 24 points came when the starters yeah. were, were We also were had done. some nice plays down the field by the secondary, which, which was nice um, to kind of see some of those. So to kind of, in terms of complementing each other, we made some plays down the field on the offensive side, and we um, also made some plays on the defensive side down the field. That's always... Always a positive thing. So, um, you know, definitely some things to build off of uh, going into this week. seems like they've done a fairly good job of that each week. So um, hopefully we can kind of keep that moving as we as we move forward. Yeah. And uh, looking at, uh, you know, midway point of the regular season, stats after five weeks, year to date, uh, Wilson is outscoring teams on average 44.8 to 17.6 that's the way you want to go that's the trend you want to have yes, yes. um they are outrushing teams by nearly a th- over a thousand yards cumulative uh 1373 yards for wilson rushing to 323 for opponents uh they have 17 rushing touchdowns to four from opponents uh, definitely getting out pass, but that makes sense when you're up big. You yes. don't tend to pass as much. Yes. Um, but and you also end up against teams that have to pass right. a lot. But You've also gone against a, a few really good passing quarterbacks. Right, right, so. yeah. So uh, Engro and, and um, Simon back-to-back, yeah. nothing to no, no. nothing to sneeze In at. So. Blowout. Well, Springford wasn't a blowout game, but a game where Wilson got up multiple scores. Right. And then... You know, in the Mannheim Central game, they're getting mercy ruled, but they still now Simon didn't didn't play. I think at the very end on the offensive side there, but he played the the vast majority of that game. So, yeah. So all in all, not too bad. Wilson's best quarter so far has been the second. They've scored 105 points in the second quarter, and uh, that's when they really seem to turn it up. So we talk about slow starts. Um, you know, the only quarter that Wilson scored less points is the fourth than the first quarter. And again, again, usually the starters aren't in anymore. So that's a little misleading. So, uh, after five games, they've scored 38 points in the first quarter. You know, it'd be nice this week if they can get on the board early and, uh, that'll be a key thing, get their momentum going. So, um, yeah, Avanti's got two rushing touchdowns or two. He's got eight rushing touchdowns (laughs) in five games so far. Uh, three for Caleb, three for Mason, one for Jaden, one for Troy, one for Nick Williams, which happened in this game this past Friday. And last thing we'll talk about is uh, uh, Caleb's got 11 passing touchdowns, and uh, Troy and Brady Gibble are tied in receiving touchdowns with four apiece. So pretty balanced, favoring the run, but as things have progressed now, uh, we're starting to see Caleb open it up, and he's been Burke's highest-rated passer for the majority of the season. Yeah, so. I think what what was it? He was like nine for thirteen. Nine in, for thirteen. Yeah. So like nine for thirteen for what a hundred and ninety yards or yep. something. So yep. like, yeah, again, efficient, super efficient. And I'll tell you what, if if he has an efficient game on on Friday night, that would be we'll huge. be pretty happy That'd about that, huh? It'll probably be the uh, a little bit. Well, not probably. It will be a taller order than this right. past week um, by a long shot. However, um, 
you know, it's up to the guys to rise to the occasion. So, yeah. so we shall see. All right. You want to take a look at the highlights? Yes. All right. Let's take a look. Hopefully, do you think it's going to freeze on me? Should I just like reload this do now? I think so. Immediately. Yes, I think it will, but. All right. Well, let's, 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 let's take a moment here. I think you can here. see that it, that it, that it stopped. It did, like, yeah. Just like every end. time. Like, I don't know what it is. Spot. It's always immediately like a minute 10 in or whatever. It always freezes. I, and I don't know what causes that. I really have no idea. So. I blame you. Um, I'm sure it's probably my fault. I think it did it again. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I mean, it's not like we haven't done this before or anything. So Bulldogs at Comets Friday night from Millersville. Uh, again, we started off the game actually pretty quickly. Penn Manor's first series is ended here by the interception by Eli Rotenberg. The uh, Penn Manor quarterback and receiver were not on the same page there. No, Eli sat and saw it. Bulldogs take over. Uh, they got inside the red zone, actually inside the uh, five-yard line, but couldn't make anything happen. They settled for Jack Wagner's first field goal of the year, if yeah. you can believe that. With the way he's been booming his kickoffs and extra points, that w- was a, a bit of a surprise. But uh, Penn Manor uh, stiffens up on the defensive side and actually stops Avanti short on fourth down, and that would eventually lead to their first and only touchdown against the uh, Bulldogs starters here on a uh, – on a run up the middle, and then they would, like I mentioned, they ran these uh, kooky two-point plays uh, with the center able to snap it uh, left, right, or middle, and they converted. So all of a sudden, it's 8-3 Penn Manor. But Wilson would calm down and start to get a little momentum, and that was started almost immediately after the Penn Manor touchdown by Caleb Brown taking the read play uh, way down deep inside Penn Manor territory, going out um, around or inside the five. And eventually, Wilson would capitalize on a short out pass from Brown to Corson. The extra point would be good, and now Wilson would be up 10-8, and they wouldn't give up the lead the rest of the game. But we'll check out the rest of those, you know, just because it's kind of fun. So here we're going to see Avanti's first touchdown, I believe, on nice cutbacks. And this would have um, our, our coaches at West screaming about contain on the backside as they lost it. Not once, but you're going to see them lose it again on Avanti's second touchdown run. But first, we're going to see the first touchdown pass to Brady Gibble. And uh, it's actually nice to see the camera operator able to catch that one. Uh, Brady Gibble's first touchdown pass put Wilson up uh, 24 to 8. And now we're going to start to see the defense turn things up here. And I, I'm not sure if this was Ethan Capitano, which I think it was. I think I see yes. 47. Yes. Um, Ethan Ashcroft's sack must come later then. <laughs> Uh, but they're going to go back to Avanti. Here is the 40-yard pass I was talking about. Just a little quick pass, but they get good downfield blocking, and Avanti turns it up, uses stiff arm, eventually gets pushed out inside the Comets' 35-yard line. And it was a play where we had blockers out there who were looking for guys to hit, and right. people just weren't there. They weren't there. Um, but then I believe the next play, um, and this is less than 30 seconds left in the first half, Brown finds Gibble again. And that would put Wilson up 31-8 to at halftime. And then we're going to get to see Caleb connect with Eli on a nice pass over the middle. Eli goes up and gets it, makes a nice nice catch on the ball. And we talked about getting him involved. He only had three catches, but he had some nice ones. He also had the pick, too. And the pick on defense yeah. as well. And here you're going to see Avanti's second touchdown run. Uh, it's just a little counter play. Um, he bounces off a couple people, gets some blocks, and then there's no one in the area as he waltzes in to put Wilson up. 30 eventually 38 to 8 in the early third quarter bulldogs get the ball back and they give it to uh, mason go. leonard who is going to do an, a ridiculous stop move here 
cut, and walk into the end zone. And that would be it for the starters. Some of them had already been out. I know Adam Venino uh, had tweaked his ankle. He didn't play in the second half at all. Uh, I believe um, at least one of the other offensive linemen was also out. I can't recall which one it was. And that was early in the third quarter. Um, Again, Wilson JVs went in early and often and gave up a touchdown to Penn Manor there. But then we get to see um, Gavin Leonard just run over people. He, he he didn't try to make him miss at all. He went to run him over. And then the next play is great. He has a huge, huge run here. Makes a nice move. He finds the hole quickly. Makes a great cutback. And he's racing for that pylon. And he doesn't quite get there. He steps out right there. Mm-hmm. Right there when he dove. Right around the two. Just inside the two. He went out. Uh, but they would let senior quarterback Nick Williams finish the drive here on the, the read play. And he would follow Leonard into the end zone. That would be Wilson's final scoring play of the night. Penn Manor would tack on another here and then once again do their uh, their crazy two-point play. And uh, we can see it one more time if you focus on that. Yeah, how long bounced to him. Did it bounce to him? Yeah. <laughs> but he still manages to get in to the end zone. So, But there's the final score. Wilson 51, Penn Manor. 24 so you know we'll take it wasn't always pretty especially early but hey um maybe the most disheartening thing was not the slow start but um the injury to aj futrick uh which was incredibly disappointing after what he's been through with injuries over the years and he had been playing so so well uh defensively and and his time on offense and obviously special teams which is where the injury occurred um, you know, that's not something that we're going to talk about that much. We just want to say, you know, that we're, we're thinking about him, disappointed that that happened for him. And hopefully, uh, no matter what is the, the case, the turnout, he has a, a quick and speedy recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So we wish him the best. All right. So we saw the highlights. We did the stats. Let's go over our player of the game and then get to our interview. Again, there was multiple options. Again, Vivanti just short of 100, couple touchdowns. Brady Gibble chipping in couple touchdowns uh to the leonard brothers doing some big things yeah, on the field yeah. as well uh which is always fun but it has been one guy who we haven't designated as the player of the game although he could have been probably at least two times before this maybe three and i just think uh it was time he got his due and he had a great game and uh when you're the uh most efficient, highest-ranked passer in the county. You probably should uh, get your time in the spotlight. So our player of the game for Penn Manor is junior quarterback and defensive back Caleb Brown, who I don't think he played defensively against the Comets, however. He, he had played the so. last two or three weeks there yeah, at times. but I don't believe he did. But I don't think we saw him against Penn Manor. And uh, he, had a, he had a great game on the ground through the air. Very efficient, 9 of 13 for 190 yards and three touchdowns, and then five rushes for 64 yards. And uh, Wilson's going to need him at his best if they want to uh, slay the blue streaks this coming week. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take a good effort, and um, you know, like we said, build on some of those things. We we've seen we've seen Caleb kind of, and and the offense in general, but um, you know, we've seen him build. We talked about there was in that first game against Central Dolphins, some of the misses were just off by maybe you know a couple steps, and then when we looked at you know a week later against Mifflin, they were just off like the fingertips. And then right. since then they've been able to connect on some of those long passes, including on, on Friday night, um, you know, building, 
building that timing, building those, you know, just that routine and, and that understanding of, of the offense and where guys are going to be and, and understanding to, to read the defenses and all of those things. He's going to need to be able to, to build upon all those things he's learned uh, this year and not yeah. just him, but like it, it kind of focuses on right. that, on that spot. But, um, you know, the, the team needs to do that, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's the receivers making sure they're on the same page and the linemen making sure they're on the same page, uh, picking up the blocks and, and the different looks they're going to get from Township's defense. All of those things they, they need to make sure they're they're ready for because it's going to take an all-around effort. Um, but, you know, I hopefully they're up for the challenge. Yeah. And I, I think they will be. I think they'll be ready I, to go. I, I think it's going to be – I think it's going to be great. So uh, we have one interview – to get to, we didn't talk to any of the players. I think the people just wanted to get out of there, get home. But we did want to grab uh, grab one interview, um, someone we'd like to talk about. But, um, you know, the, he reached a milestone, which yeah. we, we, we've been talking about in the lead up uh, to the season. And it, we finally got here, and it actually happened as early as it possibly could yeah. uh, with the Bulldogs off to the uh, undefeated start. So it's... Uh, it's been a great, uh, a great time, a great start to the season, and uh, capitalized uh, in this fashion. So let's uh, hear from defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber. All right, we're post game now after another Wilson victory. This time over the Penn Manor Comets in Millersville. Standing with me, you know him, defensive coordinator Ernie Wolber. Coach Wolber, what do you have to say after the Bulldogs' fifth victory of the season against Penn Manor? Uh, it always feels good to get a win. I mean, I think Dabo Sweeney said it best where he said half the team's wins, half the team's lose. So in a win, you got to celebrate a win. So it's kind of bittersweet with the injury we got tonight, but hopefully things work out. But a win's a win. I'll take it. Yeah, you mentioned it, and unfortunately, Wilson lost a big part of their team tonight. Uh, A.J. Fugic went down with a uh, leg injury. And, uh, you know, what, what does it mean to the team, to your defense? Uh, I know you feel for, for him. Um, you know, what do you have to say to him right now? Um, A.J. is... He's been injured a lot, and this year, all of a sudden, he's really grown up. He's mature, and he's had, he was having a great, great year for us. He's kind of like the heart of our defense, like emotional leader and intense guy. Just made subtle comments to get people going. So we really need to, re- to figure it out quickly what we're going to do next because, I mean, he was an intricate part of our defense, so we got to figure things out this week. My, ju- my job just got harder. <laughs> well, what did you like about the – players on the field tonight, your defensive side, what did you see early, late with their standout performance or just kind of here, get the job done and move on? Yeah, it's kind of working side day as a business day, let's come out and take care of business and go. Um, it was nice to see a couple of the seniors don't get a lot of playing time. They're pushing and a couple of things up injuries so we pull kids out with precautions. But, you know, seeing Mason Hall go on the field and, uh, and a man speaker go on the field and, you know, guys like that don't get an opportunity. Johnny Wildman, guys who don't get a chance to play a whole lot, play extended time tonight and they did a nice job for us. Do you know quick jerk reaction of what you're going to do uh, to replace AJ if he would miss some time here? Is it by committee? Is it a shift in scheme? Do you have any idea? Did, you, did that jump into your head once that happened? It jumped in my head immediately. <laughs> um, I got to do a lot of thinking tomorrow. Tomorrow was going to be a nice day, but it's not going to be now. Uh, preparations for Man I'm Tasha. Or not preparations, but what, what to expect? What does MT do uh, to let everyone know? Um, Township is very, very skilled at wideout. Um, they got a six-five receiver. They got a kid named Ivy, which was injured, but he's like a kid that's getting all kinds of offers. Four-four of our forty guy. They have good running back. The quarterback's going to Colgate. I mean, they're loaded offensively. 
Um, offensive line isn't the biggest offensive line, but they're very aggressive, very athletic. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough battle. Okay, absolutely. Now this was the fifth game of the year, and how many wins does Wilson have so far? Five. And how many five wins? And how many wins did you have entering the I year? Have no idea, Joe. You told me, but I don't remember. You had 195. So tonight, on behalf of Justin and I from the Bulldog Hour, we would like to congratulate you on your 200th victory as a Wilson assistant coach, and uh, you know. Hey, why don't we get another 200? That sounds good to me. What do you think? Let's do it. That's awesome. Thank you very much to everybody who did this. This is a, this is neat. It means we have good kids and good players. Thank you very much. All right. That's it with post game with Ernie Wolber, Wilson defensive coordinator after the victory over Penn Manor. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again real soon. I hope so next week. All right. So there's a picture of the football. If you couldn't see it in the video that we presented with uh, Coach Wolber after his victory Friday night. Uh, the Bulldogs win moved him to 200 with the program. He started here in the fall of 2000 uh, on the varsity staff, so we wanted to congratulate him. And uh, we haven't forgot about the other people that have gotten there. It's just uh, these you know, presentations that we've been doing or that we have sitting behind me, behind me that we can show you done by uh, Jamie, the ball girl, um, just came up this year, and I think they're pretty cool. And uh, you know, we saw the opportunity uh, that was presented to uh, congratulate Ernie, and and we went for it. So, um, you know, congratulations to him on a great career so far, and uh, hopefully, there's many more wins to come. Yeah, it, it was it was fun. Um, you know, it, he said it, and then I be, I believe he mentioned it on on Twitter too. Um, just you know, so much goes into it. You know, he's worked with other great coaches, great kids, you know, great parents, just lots of, lots of stuff goes into it. So yep. uh, that it, it was fun. Absolutely. So congratulations again to Ernie Wolber and the entire Wilson uh, staff and players on their fast start this year. And we look forward to a really strong second half, which is going to continue here this Friday at Gursky, a packed Wilson campus as it will be water polo's beast of the East weekend. And the football game will not only be, you know, one of the highlights around the state, it will also be Wilson's homecoming and Hall of Fame night. So, yeah, get there early is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you live close, you may just want to walk. <laughs> that might be a good idea, too. Yeah. I think that's a, a good distinct possibility. Uh, if you are able to, you know, do it that way. If you can't make it uh, for whatever reason, I believe the school will have their um, game cast through Wilson Media Productions. That would be my understanding, yeah. And I will, again, share that feed since they started broadcasting that on Facebook through their official, official Wilson School District page. I will share that on the Wilson Bulldogs football page on Facebook, and you can watch a professionally uh, curated three-camera HD setup yeah. Uh, which trumps my <laughs> iPad sideline. You know, no disrespect to Justin Burke, who does a phenomenal job for for me running up and down. Hustling back and forth. Uh, yeah, running back and forth and trying to keep everyone uh, up to date. Um, I also appreciate the people that have uh, reached out this year and to help defray the costs of, of streaming. Um, you know, we had uh, two early in the season and two recently as well, uh, Kelly and Dawn stepping up and, and helping out to uh, – Take care of that. And make sure that people can watch the uh, away game streams, as the the the, the school has uh, now made it easier for uh, me to get that pro stream on the Facebook site. So that's definitely a place you want to watch the home games if you're unable to make it to Gursky. But yeah, so Manheim Township kind of has stepped up and become Wilson's rival in the Lancaster Lebanon League. 
you know, it's always been Wilson and everyone else for a number of years, but there's always one team that seems to be the one that you can circle on the calendar. And since about, I don't know, what about 2014, 2015, somewhere in there, it was yeah, kind of township. 15, but I don't know that that's the Well, year. I mean, that's you know, when... I'm, I'm just drawing that out of the That air. was when people thought that it would could be their time to shine and they were the team to challenge Wilson, but Wilson beat them pretty handily in 2015. It wasn't much of a contest. It was at Manheim Township and, um, you know, it, it wasn't it wasn't that close. But that was when things... 2014 was kind of transition year because... 2012, 2011, 2012, 2013, for sure, the big team was, coincidentally, Penn Manor. Um, yeah. 2012 and 2013. Which we talked a lot about on, was, on Friday night. Was the year with Charlie Bell. Yeah. As, as a junior and a senior. Uh, and they, you know, they, they were a tough teams, out for Wilson. Teams were so good. They were very good. Uh, 2014. Some of those Wilson teams. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, Wilson was so talented from 2011 through 2016 like there was it was tough to figure out who was going to be that team to knock them off for a while people thought it'd be Penn Manor and they gave a great effort in 12 and 13 couldn't get the job done um it was supposed to be township come 15 but they waited another year in 2016 we saw them give Wilson a uh, all all their best uh and you know Wilson came out on top with a late Connor Yurick touchdown run but I remember after the game talking with Doug and him you know he took a sip of his water and shook his head and just said They've got everyone back next year. I remember And that. we have to go. Yeah, it was yeah. me, you, and him. Yep. And uh, he said 2017 at Township is going to be tough. And, well, that's when that that streak came to an end, right. that exact game, a year later. And, uh, obviously, we already talked about Wilson losing to Manheim Township again that season in the playoffs. It's tough to beat Wilson one time, right. <laughs> especially in the last you know 15 years or so. But to do it twice in the same season is is a bit unheard of. Uh, thankfully for us as Bulldogs, we got to see Wilson beat Township last year, and hopefully we can continue the trend this year. <laughs> that would be nice. But it's another, nice. bowl, another 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 bull, <laughs> another huge challenge because oh, yeah. much like after the 2016 game when Doug was saying they got a lot back. Well, guess what? They got Township a lot gave back. us all we could handle last year. And they've got basically everyone back. They have their top 10 tacklers from a year ago back. That's hard to do. That is very hard to do. And the two biggest are the Emge brothers, the twins, an outside linebacker. But, I mean, they've got talent all over the board. Yeah. Um, you know, if they're – I don't even want to say weakness because it's not a weakness. It's just the, their linemen aren't as big as they had been the last few years. But right. they're back. Like, they're the same guys right. they had last year, and we had t- trouble at times with them last year. Right. Now, that he's huge, overwhelming presence that we've seen with Hempfield or Central Dolphin earlier this year. Um, they're not going to look massive. Like, some, you know, these aren't like 6'5", 280 tackles or anything <laughs> like this. But they're quick. They're strong. Um, Mark Evans, I believe this is his seventh year with Manheim Township. He's, and really he's that turned that program yeah. around. I mean, he has built that program to rival what, uh, what Wilson does. Yeah. And, and uh, they have succeeded. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned it, and, I mean, it, it's not going to be a shock to anyone. It, it's going to take – It's going to be a battle. A huge effort. and It's going to be all four quarters. Right. And, you know – Don't plan to leave this one early. No. No. I mean, we, I kind of alluded to it earlier when we were talking about 
you know, some of the players and we kind of, I kind of went through a number of them there, but it's, it's going to take the guys pretty much across the board to build on what they've done so far this year. You know, it's, it's going to take those improvements that we talk about building every week. It is cliche and it is one of those things that you hear a lot, but how, you know, when you try to put like a finger on it, what exactly does that mean? It can be hard to kind of define, but um, basically like all, what it comes down to is this has to be their best game. Like this has to be the yeah. best game they played so far. Yeah. And we've seen moments where they, where, you know, Wilson has looked really good, really good. And then moments where, you know, you have little lapses here and there and, and that's to be expected. You're, you're not going to have a perfect game. And I, I'm not saying that they need or will have a perfect game on, on Friday night. I, I don't, but it needs to be the best game they've played. Right. You I know? mean, and so you, you keep working, you need to be better. You need to be better each time. And, if if they want to be in a position to win the game on Friday night, they need to continue to build and play to the, their capability. Like, and right. that's the thing. Like, if they play to their capability, I'm confident that they'll have a shot. Yeah. You know? And I, I don't mean that sounding that sounded more negative than I wanted it to sound. Like, I mean, I think they're going to be in a position where it, it could go their way. I just also know that they're up against a team that's really good and is also, you know probably understands that this may be need to be their best too to to date you know both teams have played central dolphin and you know central dolphin is a a tough team and you know it's really hard especially with wilson because that was the first game of the season so there's lots that can go into that um but you know i I think both teams would kind of acknowledge it at this point you're, you're hitting that stride and yeah, you're five games in now. Yeah, you know what you are. You yeah. know what you're good at. You know where your weaknesses are. It's it's going to take a, a strong effort by either team to, to win this game. Right. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm confident the Wilson boys will be up for the challenge. They have a returning quarterback, a returning running back, you know, returning linemen, returning receivers, and we talked the defense is basically all back. So this is a seasoned group, a veteran group. Wilson's led by a lot of seniors too, but not all of them were contributing uh, at meaningful times last year. They have some some new starters, some guys that got to step up. Uh, perhaps the biggest thing, biggest wild card, could be the possibility of a return of Matt Fry for the Bulldogs, who we haven't seen him yet this year. The last time we saw him on the field was against Parkland in the scrimmage right. um, before he got popped and b- broke his jaw, and he's been right. out ever since. Right. So, you know, you would hope, but you certainly can't count on it, you know, um, yeah, he wasn't back this week. You know, we, we again, we, you know, he wants to be back, but you also know that they're not going to let him come back before he's, he's, he, you know, he's able to be back. So, right. who who knows what that'll look like? And, um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where the the guys, I'm I'm confident that they've they've done their work. They they've worked really hard for the games like this. Not not that you don't work hard for every game, obviously, but you know. There, there's a lot on the line here. These are these are the reasons. These are the games where when you have those miserable mornings when you're up there pushing sleds in the middle of the summer, you know, and it's 95 degrees and super humid and all that stuff. This is these are the types of games that that you're doing this for. So that you know when when you get the crunch time when you're up against the the best competition. Let, let's see what you got. Yeah, and for and for years when that happened, if Wilson was the underdog. Wilson would still win the game. That yeah. that was that was the thing. At least it, it talking about league play and uh, into the district playoffs. You know, once you get into the state playoffs, 
it's a little bit different. But Wilson, a lot of time, would rise yeah. to the top, even when they weren't expected to. I mean, I'm thinking back. Pittsburgh Central Catholic, different kind yeah, of Yeah, a little bit different. But, <laughs> like, back in 2013, 2014, when, like, after, you know, that huge group from 2012 graduated and they thought, you know, this was the time to get Wilson, those two teams went undefeated in the regular season. Yeah. Like sometimes, and I say this all the time, and I'm sure most people, especially coaches, you want to be an underdog. You don't like it's not good to be the top dog because you're getting everyone's best shot, and you have the possibility of players getting overconfident in their abilities. And we've seen that, unfortunately, well, harm the Bulldogs before. And and I'm not saying that now. I'm well, saying no I, we're the it. underdog. Like, well, we oh are the gosh, underdog. I was gonna say, make no mistake <laughs> that Wilson's the underdog this yes, weekend. Yes, absolutely. I don't know that there's many people outside of Wilson. That are gonna that, ex- that expect Wilson to win. To win. Yeah. Now, I don't think people expect necessarily Manheim Township to roll over Wilson like they have everyone else. Everyone else, they've only given up a touchdown in every game. That's it. right. And against Central Dolphin, it was a blocked field goal run back for a touchdown. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, their defense is so good. It's teams find it tough to move on them. And right. who's to say? And I haven't gone back and looked at all their games. Some of those touchdowns could have been given up near the end had, of the game. They've had a bunch of turnovers in some of those games that puts the defense in in tough spots right but they um, haven't cracked right no the defense is held strong in every game so you know out outside you know from the people we follow to the people you know we we talk to to all kinds of stuff yeah outside of west lawn i think you know we, we certainly are are the underdog here so you know i th- i think with the insight we have and the you know being able to see every game and see those things we, we get a better look than almost anyone else. You know, th- there are obviously other people that go to all the games, but, you know, in terms of LL football, the, the people who are going to be like writing about the game and stuff like that, a lot of those people don't see every game or anything like that. So, you know, I, I think it's, it's a great matchup, like kind of playing back to what we said, it, it's a highly anticipated matchup in Pennsylvania high school football, not just LL football, not just district three, but you know, across the state, this is one of the premier games. Well, yeah, if you're following, you know, the 6A level, you want to know what the top teams are doing. And when you have two 6A teams meeting each other in the regular season and they're both undefeated, you know it has playoff implications. And you could be looking at teams that are competing to be in that group of Final Four, you know, the Final Two in the West, Final Two in the East, because the District 3 champ is in the Final Four. Yeah. Oh, and just remember that we bring this up a couple times the higher seed hosts every game in the district playoffs this year right. in District 3. So whoever and number so 1, you could have three home Because of that, games. like both of these teams this week have aspirations of bigger this, things. Yeah, this is you, know, you take it one game at a time, but both these teams have aspirations to higher uh, goals. And this this game will go a long way in determining, you know, if they meet again, where will that game be? So the township quarterback is Harrison Kirk. He started last year through for over 2,300 yards and 19 touchdowns. Uh, he's going to Colgate. Their tight end, Ben Mann, uh, is committed to Yale. Um, you know, they have a, a huge group of wide receivers. They have a really good running back in Jaden Floyd. Um, I'm, try- I'm drawing a blank on their – I think actually Coach Wolber mentioned a few of the wideouts' names. Anthony um, Ivey is one of them. Ivey, Brett Benjamin, um, Stokes. And then I mentioned on defense, especially though they do play offense as well, Josh and Sam Emge are the big guys to know on the township sideline. So, you know, if they have a question mark going in, it's some of the replacements or greener players along the line, which is a benefit for Wilson because Wilson has five seniors on offense. And for the most part, they've been 
the biggest reason why Wilson's been successful, especially um, against Central Dolphin. I mean, we gave them our player of the game for right. the work of the offensive line. And honestly, for Wilson to win this week, they probably have to have a huge game. No, I agree. Um, you know, that that's definitely something that they're going to have to be able to do. Um, you know, th- they're going to have to be able to neutralize that line um, because you know you're going to get, you know, you know that township defense is, is better than solid the whole way through. Um, you have to control the line of scrimmage. Um, and on defense, you have to control the line of scrimmage because, you know, while they can pass, obviously they've got the talented quarterback, they have the talented wide receivers and, and everything there. You, you have to try and take away something, you know? Yeah. You know? No. Yep. So, I mean, so, it, it's... And Coach Wilbur kind of alluded to that. Like, he's not sure exactly what... You know, they, they've been thinking about this a long time, but they, they kind of have to... They're, they're going to work to come up with a plan. So, hopefully, uh, the guys are on, on top of their assignments and, and do their job. And, and that's kind of the key here, too. Like, you, sometimes you can get caught up in trying to do too much, you just need to do your job. Do your job and trust that the other guys will do their job. And and if everyone does, then you'll be in a position to be successful. 7 o'clock this Friday, September 27th at Gursky in West Lawn. Huge game. Biggest game of the year. I mean, we knew that going in that Wilson had four huge games, all of which were at home. <laughs> which is crazy. <laughs> we're through two of them. Wilson's obviously no blemishes. There was a guy who asked me, uh, one of the reporters asked me, so what are your home games this year? And I <laughs> read them off to him. Man, and he looked, he's like, you get them all at home. I was like, yeah. He's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. we had to play them all on the road Yeah, they were all year. on the road last year. <laughs> so, and, and it didn't go great. We only won one of the four. Right. And we were we were in them, um, you know, especially the uh, this Man I'm Central one. Yeah. But – Hey, that's the way it works out. And hey, you got to win your home games. And if you win your home games this year, you're going to be in pretty good position. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the 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 toughest road game remaining is Cedar Crest, and that's after Township, Hemfield, and Warwick. And this, you know, they're the, they're, the, they're week nine. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge game. It'll be the 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 last of these undefeated teams that that, that where they sit right now. We're all undefeated. Obviously, come week nine, that won't be the case. Uh, most likely for well, I, I well, there could be the round robin thing like last year where it could be we beat Township, Township beats Warwick, Warwick beats us, and you throw Cedar Crest in there, and who knows what'll happen. Yeah, yeah, who knows? But so. you know, hopefully, hopefully we can uh, rise to the occasion and and get that win on Friday, and you know, stay stay in control, you know, and and not need help from other teams. So. That's the goal, and you can't really worry what everyone else is going to do. But if you win your games, you don't have to worry about what everyone else does. Like, you don't need help if you keep winning your games. Right. So, we'll we'll see. Big big game on the spot. Winner and final score prediction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we don't do that. No, no, we do not. We do not. Yeah, we that would get us in. Yeah, that's not anywhere where we're journeying. We're happy to recap the game after it is over. Uh, and I would appreciate the opportunity say, to broadcast interviews next week. To be fair, it comes up in when, for away games sometimes because yeah. we have a car ride and we have to talk about something. But what yeah. do you think is going to happen? Yeah. 
So, but that that's that's it always uh, it always it always devolves though into uh, what do I want to happen, <laughs> what do I think, think will happen, and what do I hope doesn't happen. Exactly. Like, it's just me laying out all scenarios. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about does it. Before we go, I just want to thank our uh, our new sponsor, Andy, who we got to see on Friday night at the Penn, after the Penn Manor game. Uh, Andy's uh, sporting the Wilson gear. That's right. That's right. Uh, uh, and yeah, we should, should we say it? I don't know if we've ever said it on the air. Have we said he's a that he's a Warwick grad? Oh, I don't know that we have. No, but yes, he he is very in in tune with with the Warwick teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he knows a lot about uh, all the LL teams. He's been covering football, and uh, he's diehard into LL. LL yeah. Hoops. Oh my gosh! If you need basketball coverage. I know, obviously, the Bulldogs aren't in the LL for basketball, but if you're interested in what happens, you know, across District Three for right. basketball, you want to check out LLHoops.com and follow Andy Her Andy Brackets on Twitter. So yeah, that's great follow. We appreciate him for uh, helping us out here at the Bulldog Hour, and look forward to uh, hopefully seeing him again this year. That would that yeah, would we be talked great. about potential matchups where we may get to see him. So. Yeah, so it could happen. But anything else for you? Anything to add? Any announcements to make? Any congratulations? Another field soccer team's 10 and 0 looking really good right yeah keep it rolling and the soccer team's performing well as well yeah. Vo- volleyball getting things done so it's a good good fall for uh for wilson and i know uh, last weekend the marching band got first in their uh, division did. as well Doing very so well. uh we uh we always appreciate everything that uh mr cooper does for uh the football team throughout the year and we look forward to uh obviously seeing them during the regular season games, but they'll be joining us along at, uh, as well as the cheerleaders at the alumni game oh, in October. Go. So, uh, yeah, come out. It'll be like a regular football game. Just uh, instead of seeing athletes in their prime, you'll see those that are not no longer in their prime. You'll see those reminiscing. But it'll their still prime. be fun. Yeah. You get to hear names that you heard literally 50 years ago <laughs> called out on the field, uh, as well as 40, 30, 20, and 10. So there'll be, there'll be some current ones. They'll probably still in shape. Um, people are like, are you playing? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I'm not playing, uh, for a variety of reasons. One of them being that I am not in that, uh, shape to perform on the football field. A shape, so, not that. Shape. Yeah, it's a shape, but it's not, not the proper shape. Not the one that, that is necessary to run around, uh, with fellow 30 somethings on a football field. So <laughs> I understand, <laughs> but all right. I think that about wraps it up for, uh, the 12th episode of the Bulldog Hours fifth season. We're already at the most shows we've ever done in one season, and um, we're only halfway through the regular season. So. I would love nothing more than, than to have some more interview, interviews for you next week. Hey, so. <laughs> next week and also in December. Yes, yes. For I, I would love lots of interviews between now and the next two months. So <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. All right. For Justin Rapoff and the entire Wilson Bulldogs football team, That's it for the show this week. But remember, until next time, go Bulldogs. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Bulldog Hour. Want more Wilson football? Follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Or visit www.bulldoghour.com. The Bulldog Hour is a feature program on jmnjrradio.com.